Welcome to a page in my journal by the Gate and Ward podcast. Your hosts today are still Susie Romans, say hi, Susie, and myself, Shalise Nance. We haven't been fired yet, so we're going to keep going. This is episode number four, and number four is my favorite number. It was always on my athletic jerseys, and whenever I have to choose a number, I go with four. Do you have a favorite number, Susie? Well, you are totally not going to believe this, and we didn't plan this, but my favorite number is four. <laughs> and I never had it on an athletic jersey because I probably wasn't doing anything real athletic. But these are good things to know. But even better to know is we have Spencer Walmer in the house. Woohoo! Woohoo! And we want to get to know him better. So, Spencer, it is great to have you here. And I want you to take just a little minute and tell us a little bit about yourself. We really want to know your deep, dark, dirty secrets, but tell us whatever you feel like. Sure. Uh, so, yeah, my name is Spencer. Uh, I guess most people don't know my middle name's Adam, so there's a secret. Um, <laughs> most people do know I'm married to Rebecca. Um, is her middle name Eve? <laughs> it is not. That would have been nice. <laughs> it's Marie, which I think is probably true of like a quarter of all yeah. the ladies I, love her. I know. I love Marie. <laughs> Marie's great. Um, and then we have two daughters who are uh, Millie and Maggie. You definitely see them and definitely hear them during sacrament meetings. So um, cute. <laughs> I guess another thing folks probably don't know is um, I recently started building a guitar in my garage. Um, That's cool. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. And uh, it's going way worse than I had planned. It's <laughs> going a lot slower and I'm hitting blocks. Do uh, you buy a kit or something to make a guitar or you just... Draw out the shape and get some wood and go at it? So this, I was planning on buying a kit, but what I ended up doing is buying several guitars on Facebook Marketplace, and now I'm kind of Frankensteining one from that and then mixing new parts in. I mean, most people know how musical you are, but I'm sure you hope you're going to mention that. Well, if any of the listeners of this podcast know a lot about circuit design, I would love someone to double check my um, pickup circuits. Um, Anyone there? Anyone out there? Let us know. Now you're in school, aren't you? Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, I uh, am in a master's of social work program. Um, I'm graduating in December. I'm very excited for that. And uh, my goal is to be a therapist. So I'm happy to be seeing the kind of this end of the tunnel for school. Yeah. Um, it's been quite a long road. Uh, when my wife and I got married, I was a freshman in college. Oh, um, wow. So she hasn't seen me outside of school. And You're going to be yeah. like a whole new man. I'm, I hope so. <laughs> well, no, but... That's good. That's great, Spencer. Well, we're delighted to get to know you even better. I was very excited to see the questions that you chose. They were insightful questions. And so let's get started. Sure. So, Spencer, at what times in your life were you the happiest and why? You know, I this question I think is just so exciting to me because I love I, – it sounds dumb, but I love happiness. Um, sounds good. And so um, a lot of things came to mind, but I guess kind of bef- a pre-answer is I've spent so much of my life kind of postponing my happiness and thinking like, oh, man, once I'm – old enough to go to college, man, that's going to be the life. Or, you know, once I'm married, that will be, oh man. Or our, our, I remember telling somebody when we were pregnant with our first uh, daughter that, oh man, once this pregnancy is over and the baby gets here, that's what I'm looking forward to. Then life will be easy. Right now, pregnancy is hard, but yes. the baby will be easy. And forget <laughs> what woman I was talking to, but she looked at me like I had just said like the dumbest thing she'd ever heard. She's like, Babies are hard, too. Yes. Um, and so I guess just I've learned through life, like, 
life is always going to have its ups and downs. Yeah. And I, if you look for happiness on the horizon, there's always another horizon. Once you get there, you know, I graduate from school and then I start another school. Yeah. Right. And so I've, I've tried to find happiness where I am. Um, and so, um, yesterday was a great day. Um, Oh, I turned 30 yesterday. So oh, it was happy birthday. It was an unusually good day. You know, yeah. my, my girls really made me feel loved and special. Um, other days, uh, the, the days we brought our daughters home from the hospital, they're just really special times. So have you done something consciously now to try and be better of not looking to the future? Like, what have you done now to find the happiness in the now? Sure. Um, you know, I, I do a, a few things. Um, whenever I catch myself being like, oh, it's hard now, but it will be, I, that's a very common thought for me. And I try to stop myself and be like, hey, Spencer. Like, I can relate to that. Right. Susie, have you ever thought that? Not the destination, it's the journey. Uh, yeah. yeah so, so one is I kind of try to interrupt that thought and remind myself like, hey. Um, another thing um, is like gratitudes. Um, yeah. I'm not as consistent with my gratitude journal as I want to be, but that's something I, I try to do. Um, and then I guess another thing is... Uh, I also, like, catch myself falling into, like, the reverse cycle of, like, life gets hard. And so I, then I stop doing things that maintain, like, happiness yes. and the good life and taking care of myself, you know. So life gets stressful. So I, like, will drop off reading my scriptures. I'll drop off exercising. I'll drop off, like, I'll start eating, like, fast food, you sure. know. And next thing you know, life was hard. And then it gets harder because now I'm yes. not taking care of myself or doing things that keep me happy and keep me it's in a good like place. It's kind of like eating a bag of potato chips. You're loving it while you're doing it. And then afterwards, you really regret it. <laughs> yeah. And it, it creates these cycles for us where, like, you're doing bad, then you're doing worse, then you're doing worse. And <laughs> yeah. You, um, so I guess, like, prioritizing time to, like, take care of yourself. Do things that I enjoy. I, for a while, I went through a couple semesters where I was really busy, and I was like, I'm not doing anything that I like to do all yeah. day. I'm just doing things that I have to do. And so I was like, you know what, Spencer? Every day before you go to bed, you're going to play the guitar. Even if it's five minutes, ten minutes, you you, you can do something just for you. And that um, has really been a good – that that principle has been really helpful to me. Um, Let me ask you another question. Is one of the ones that you turned into us that I think is great for all of us to think about. What advice do you wish you had taken from your parents? All of it. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my parents were really wise. Um, I, I got really lucky with the parents I had. Um, and my father is a very wise man, but also a very soft-spoken man, very stoic, and is not one to give unsolicited advice, which as an adult I appreciate, but I like now will ask him for it. And as a teenager... I wasn't good at asking for that advice. Um, and it would always show up when, particularly with like my dating life, like I would, you know, date somebody for a while and then we would break up and then my family would be like, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> we thought she was the worst for you. And like, you know, she was not nice, completely wrong for you. And I'd be like, wait, what? You guys, what? You guys knew that the whole time? And I had to like find it out over the course of the how, relationship. How wise they were, I guess. Because yeah. maybe if you would have heard it, you would have gone off and married her right um and well exactly my dad was like if we tell you that we don't like your girlfriend you will become romeo and juliet and nothing will keep you apart and right. we will be the bad guys so we're just not going to play that game and you'll figure it out on your own sounds but, like a wise parent but once i started asking my parents advice for dating now um i what'd your mom have to say um uh, 
you know, she she wouldn't give me advice on it either. I think my dad was like, okay, we're, we're, we will not be <laughs> wow. the bad guys in this. Um, but once I started asking for it, uh, I uh, started uh, dating better girls. And, <laughs> and now I'm very happy being married to Rebecca, who my parents approved of wholeheartedly from the moment they met her. So. Well, so oh, do you think great. you'll, knowing your personality <laughs> and being a parent that you are, do you think you'll apply those same principles? That is a great question. Um, <laughs> I, I haven't actually thought of it. You know, I one thing, I was so scared to become a parent when I got married. I was like, oh, no, like, now I have, like, we're going to have kids, Mom. What am I going to do? I don't know how to raise kids or have a bunch of kids. And, Mom told me, you know, Spencer, you don't have a bunch of kids. You have one kid at a time. And when they're born, their needs are basic. You you, you can change diapers. And I was like, oh, I've never changed it. You'll learn how to change diapers and walk the baby and rock the baby. And then, you know, they get a little bit older and they need a little bit more kind of complex things. But I'm grateful to not have teenage girls yet. <laughs> and uh, I guess I'm trusting that in the next 12 years, I'll learn wisdom to... Give oh, good a lot advice of, on a that. A lot of it's intuitive, but has there ever been a time that there's one specific thing that your mom or dad told you that has really served you well as far as advice from them? Is there some specific thing you can think of that, you know, was something that was really powerful in your life? Yeah. Um, you know, one thing my dad told me when I was real young was uh, if you ever meet somebody who wants to keep something a secret, probably a bad idea. Interesting. And, and I, I think he was trying to, like, protect me from, like, abusive situations. Yeah. But I've, like, generalized that. And as soon as, like, to this day, as soon as anyone's like, oh, hey, better not mention this. Or, like, hey, let's, like, I'm like, wait let's a minute. Let's keep this on the down. Yeah, I'm like, wait a minute, why? Like, what's what's wrong with what we're doing? Like, yes. shouldn't we be living our... So I try to live my life in a way where there aren't secrets. Yeah. Cause it, so that really uh, kind of stuck with me. My dad also said if, if something's trying to do two things at once, it'll probably do neither of them very well. Um, we have a sofa bed that like has like a pullout, and yeah. I feel like that illustrates it perfectly. <laughs> it's not as comfy as a sofa, and it's not a comfy bed, but it does both, I guess. Right. Uh, that's a great analogy. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, I like this one of what is one of your go-to stories, one you like telling over and over, and now you get a chance to say it, and we could press repeat and hear it over and over now you know that's and people who who know me well will know i tell stories over and over all the time so if you like any of the stories you hear now you'll hear them again oh good see i have a kindred spirit now somebody understands they totally Um, understand i was and uh, mission stories in particular i'll tell them anytime at any provocation like if the sisters come over get ready for the greatest hits of my mission um but on while i was on my mission um the Philadelphia Temple was being constructed, and I grew up outside of Philadelphia, and so we were really excited, and my parents would write to me about the the progress and stuff, and there was a, a story they sent me about, they, they had interviewed some of the workers who weren't members of the church, and about the experience of building the temple, and there's all kinds of rules about, you know, how they have to act on the temple side, or the attention to detail, kind of a lot of very unusual stuff for, like, a normal construction thing, no swearing, no eating your lunch at the yeah. job site, all this stuff. And the the interview kind of went like, you know, even though there's all these weird rules, we love this. This is like our favorite job. We're just so darn happy doing this. Yeah. This is just a special place. And I thought that was such a cool story that I would tell people on my mission about, like the missionaries I was serving with about it all the time. And the elders I was living with, like had a running bet on 
if they could provoke me to tell that story again <laughs> and how many times I would tell it in the course of a week. And I finally caught on when they, they were like exchanging like high fives behind my back. You're all excited. Like, Oh, I get to tell this you, story again. Did you guys hear about the construction workers in Philadelphia? There's all these rules, but they love it still. Cause it feels yeah, So yeah, that's uh, I, I am easily fooled into retelling stories over and over. So Spencer, when you moved into the ward with you and Rebecca, I was mm-hmm. always amazed. You two were like the power couple to me in that you would (laughs) sing together, you accompany Rebecca, and then you would play the piano, you would play the guitar. And later I noticed that your hand, that you don't have all your fingers. And it's so amazing how you go and play and do this. Will you tell us a little bit how long you played the guitar and the piano and how you managed to play all these musical so instruments? absolutely fabulously. <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you. I mean, it's incredible. Sure. Um, well, uh, I'll start from the beginning. Uh, when I was in utero, so when I was in my mom, um, the umbilical cord uh, was apparently wrapped around my neck. Um, and this, you know, happens sometimes, but um, apparently um, in utero, I uh, had my like right hand in between the cord and my neck oh. to prevent it from um, strangling me. Um, and then uh, that prevented my hand from developing as a hand normally would, you know, growing the, the fingers and all those useful bits. Um, <laughs> uh, and then at birth, there was, you know, some dr- dramatic moments of... Uh, you know, the cord was still wrapped around me and they yeah. was uh, very blessed to have a very competent uh, OB that wasn't supposed to be there, be the one who actually delivered my mom when it was, delivered me when yeah. it was time to push. And uh, he apparently yelled at my mom, like, stop pushing right now or you'll kill your baby. Oh, yikes. Like, and they had to do a little, you know, cut the cord before the baby was all the way out. Wow. Um, so, you know, big dramatic thing. And, uh, but, um, I'm grateful to my parents. They never raised me as a person with, like, a disability. Um, It was, like, very important to them to, like, you can do this. Of course you can do this. Like, just do it. You'll figure it out. Do do the thing. And so I never really thought of myself as – sometimes people will ask me, like, so what is it like having one hand? Or, like, how do you – and I – I wish I had a, like, eloquent answer for it, but I, you know, I'm always like, well, I mean, that's how it was born. Yeah, you just grew up with it. But you know, what, what is it for you having two hands and not three? Yeah. Like, do you feel cheated out of <laughs> those extra five fingers, you know, and yeah. <laughs> shake your fist at the sky, um, all three of them? But, um, yeah, so... Um, so you just compensated from the beginning, and if you had to, right? And so... It's not. It really wasn't a disability for you. It, it, it's just not something I've thought a lot about in my life. Um, when I was a, a teenager going through the awkward phase where you're just like self-conscious of everything. Right, and, right. Um, I was so self-conscious of my ears. I thought my ears were so weird. Oh, you got the best ears. What oh, are you talking about? I, I think I grew into them, but they, they, they grew first. <laughs> I have good and, ears, too. And, I, I understand ears. <laughs> And I thought, oh man, like I would like try to like grew my hair out to try oh brush it over my ears, hoping no didn't think about my hand. I was just like I love it. Um, you know, and so um I, I started playing guitar when I was fifteen or sixteen. What about piano? Um piano was a little bit later than that. Um I wanted girls to like me and I thought the guitar was a good way to do that. Oh, yeah. And so it I, Rebecca I, still is. It, it is, yeah. She she really <laughs> liked that about me. So it was it was it was good and it still is good. Um 
And then one day, my, my parents had a piano in our house, and they gave all of my brothers and sisters piano lessons um, growing up. Yeah. But they were like, well, Spencer plays the guitar, and he doesn't have all the fingers that you would yeah, use to. Right. Um, but I uh, was walking past the piano one day, and I was like, you know, I play chords on a guitar, yes. and that makes music. I just, like, play chords, and I was like... I wonder if I could, and I knew enough about music. I'd been in the the high school band, and I knew some, you know, about music. And I was like, well, what if I just play chords on the, like, I, so people have heard me play piano and then been like, hey, do you do lessons? Can you teach? And I'm very flattered. And I'm like, no, I can't. You, you don't want your kid to play piano like me because I don't play. Say yes, just one-handed. And, and, and you'll learn this really weird, like, technique that isn't piano. It's like guitar on piano. Oh, it sounds amazing. If, if you like Coldplay, you'll love Spencer's piano playing. That's great. They, they bang chords. Um, That's great. I guess the times I've thought about my hand the most is when people have like drawn attention to it. And I had a, a scout leader who like we were signing up for merit badges at scout camp back when scout camp was a big thing. And he was like, well, let's see, what do you want to sign up for? I'm guessing not the rowboating merit badge because, you know, you wouldn't be able to. And I was like, no, you know what? The rowboating merit badge is actually at the top of my list. Yes. So sign me up for that one, and then let's see what else we can fit around it. And then I just did it. Um, I love that fire. Uh, and I had to put in some extra time. To, like, it was hard, and I spent some lunch periods figuring out a rowboat and stuff. But, um, you know, I did that. Uh, I was, as a younger, lighter man into rock climbing, um, that's a lighter man. <laughs> when I was more fit, <laughs> I, lest anyone think I still Spencer, climb rolls. Once you graduate, you can do that again. You can get back to rock climbing yeah, you know to what? find those happy times. <laughs> right there, it's not over. <laughs> well, you know when when my when my daughter was born with like her and Fallacy and stuff. Some of the like our extended family members were like, "Oh, she has this this thing," and, you know, and we we need to be careful with her. And I I came down so hard on that. I was like, yeah. "No." You will not teach my daughter to yeah. think of herself as like, no, she is capable, cap like she will do it. And she met all of her developmental milestones yeah. without like yeah. her abdominal wall. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, yeah. Who needs an abdominal wall? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you can walk and crawl without that. Like, yeah. That's but how cool that your parents were so awesome to get, help you have that self-confidence and just be able to, you know, because... Lots of people put limits on their kids that aren't even, it isn't even a physical thing. Sometimes they just decide that somebody isn't necessarily geared for something. But to have an attitude of just being able to do whatever you want and you can do it, you'll figure it out is pretty awesome. So yeah. what wonderful parents. Yeah, no, my mom always would say like, hey, if you tell a kid they can do anything for long enough, eventually they will. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes to her chagrin, I'd be like, no, I can do this, Mom. Don't worry. And she's like, Spencer, are you sure you should do this? Can you do this? Should you? Why Why are you doing this? Yeah. Don't, don't paint your car in our driveway. <laughs> Just, you know, that sounds like a fun story. Yeah. yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. Well, you've shared some neat things. It's been yeah. fun to get to know you a little bit better. Um, you've really inspired us. Oh. And, you know, just listening to the things that you've accomplished, even just being in school, going through this long thing, being married and doing it, that's a great accomplishment. Um, not everybody is able to pull it off. Uh, one thing we want to ask you that we ask all of our, our people is, what is the one thing you want your posterity to know about your testimony of Jesus Christ? I guess the, the thing I really want my posterity to know is that I had one. Um, <laughs> 
but you know, more more seriously, is that I've I've really seen through my life that um, a testimony of Jesus Christ is just so important that you know when we encounter hard times, we I think ultimately have a choice, and we can be bitter about it and. And you know, like shake our fist at God and or or at life and realize this uh, this is unfair, this is happening to me. Um, which, you know, sometimes life hurts. Yeah. And like I say it jokingly, but that's been me sometimes, right? Because sometimes we get hurt. Um and it's I think very normal and natural to feel angry and and hurt and resentful about it. Um, but the times when I've turned to the Savior with that hurt. Um, I've felt myself be carried um, through things. Um, You know, the Book of Mormon uses like the language where like you couldn't feel burdens on your backs. And I've I've felt that in my life where, you know, I've been uh, just been able to to make it through stuff with that. If you'd asked me beforehand, I'd been like, oh, no, I would never survive that. Yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. And then now I can look back and be like, wow, that was that's now a memory like a cherished memory of mine that like you know and so the just the power that's in the atonement to to help us change to redeem us and to help us you know to to be there for us when life is hard and when we're hurt um that we can be you know healed that's great that's wonderful that's great advice thank you spencer and thanks for joining us today on the gate and ward podcast a page in my journal We hope this inspires you to add a page to your journal, whether it be in writing or with us in a recording. Join us next time as we speak with another member of the Gate and Take care. Bye. Bye.